No. Um, Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for... Uh, I know I, I, I really am uh, thankful for these things, and I say it every week, but I'm thankful for this class. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for these people. Uh, and just being real with you, uh, I just think about the families that are represented in Passpoint, and even those who aren't here today for different reasons, but... Um, they're really serious about what you're doing, uh, and that's why I'm encouraged more than anything. It's awesome to get together with people and laugh and have fun. We can do that with anybody. Uh, but, God, these people, they're they are serious about you. Um, they uh, really want to see your mission accomplished, and um, that's the kind of thing that just really, um, it, it's a Philadelphian love. And I, I thank you so much for these these folks and uh, just their, um, their, their dedication uh, to laying their life down, like Romans 12.1 tells us to do. And so... I pray that as we get in your word today, uh, it seems like it's been a while since we've been in here. We were off last week and a lot of things going on. Um, I pray that you would just uh, prick our hearts uh, to be more like you. Uh, I pray that um, you would get the honor and the glory, uh, that you would remove me out of the way, uh, and that uh, your word would be preeminent uh, above all things. We pray for all the different uh, things that are going on. A lot of things happen, and there's Mama team leaving uh, this coming week. I pray that uh, you would just bless them, that it would be a blessing to the, the church in Monmouth and with Maple City. City would uh, just uh, uh, really be blessed uh, by them going. I pray for all the details that go into that. There's the Oaxaca trip coming up. I pray that uh, you would just be a God of the details when it comes to those things. Uh, work through Mitch and Caleb as they go and serve and um, be with their families as they stay uh, with the stuff, uh, as your Bible says. And uh, Lord, just uh, all the things that are happening. I, I can sit here and, and list them all. Um, Lord, you're just uh, you're working here at HBF, and I praise God that you allow us to be a part of it. Uh, Lord, God forbid that we uh, come to a church that's so busy about your business and we don't uh, become a part of it. Uh, that, that's that's our bad. And so, God, I pray you speak to us today in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to get back into the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've been here. Uh, obviously, we were off last week um, for the Fabius 5th. Uh, and then the week before, we actually just kind of took a break. Um, so we're going to get back into this. And I don't think, I'll, I'll just be completely honest, especially since it's late, I probably won't get through all of this today, and that's that's actually better. Um, there, there's a lot, there wasn't a good break at a shorter point. And so uh, we're going to uh, break through the first 15 verses. And like I said, we're probably not going to get through all of it, but this was just the breaking point. This is a good, and so it's better for me to, you know, just get through what I can and, and wrap it up next week than to try to f- shove it all down your throat at once, because it doesn't work like that. And so... Uh, the title today, if you're a title kind of person, if not, whatever, uh, is history or prophecy. History or prophecy. And so that's what we're gonna, that's what we're gonna look at today in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And so Paul is, uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians, he's transitioning. This is kind of like a transition point, uh, in, in the book. Uh, he's transitioning his focus, right? And so the beginning of the book, what was the focus, right? The first several chapters, what was, uh, what was his focus, uh, towards the, the, the church? Somebody, what, rebuke? Is that what you said? Yeah division. yeah, division, right? There was division, and so he was he was basically writing a letter of rebuke to them. He was like, "Hey, what in the world are y'all doing?" You know, he's like, "There's division going on." That's exactly you're you're exactly right. I said the beginning. You're thinking the very beginning of the book, right? No, that's that's exactly right. So there's division, and then we find out that there's fornication, and there's just all these different things happening. And it's it's a letter of rebuke, and he's like, "Hey, I don't know what in the world y'all are thinking, but that's not how this thing was established." So where where what? 
whatever's happening, this is off. And so that, that's not right. And so then he, he transitioned into a, a section where he was answering some questions, right? You know, there was the questions on marriage. You know, he was, he was answering the things that they had asked of him. So he, he got through those and there were, there was a few chapters where he was answering questions and he ended chapter nine. And that kind of ended that section where he was like, you know, I, I don't know why you're questioning uh, why somebody who uh, is living of the gospel to actually live of the gospel. And we, we talked about how, you know, do you really want, you know, Pastor Brian to go get a job? You know, the guy already runs uh, 100 mile an hour everywhere he goes. Do you really think he's going to be able to dedicate everything that he, he, there's not enough hours in the day. Let me just tell you the truth. And so the point was Paul's, Paul's like, at some point, we have to get money somewhere. And if I'm going to live of the gospel, meaning everything that I do is gospel-minded, and you know, which I understand, those of us who have day jobs, we still should be gospel-minded in everything we do. But at some point, there has to be a full-time pastor, is what I'm getting at. And we go back and listen to all that. That's that's how that thing breaks down. And so he ends that chapter with basically saying. Y'all should probably be more like me because everything I've done, whether, you know, I eat or drink, uh, you know, whether it's to the Jew or the Gentile, I'm just trying to get the gospel where it needs to go on time. And he kind of wraps up that section of questions with, if you need an example, just use my life. And by the way, I don't want your money because, you know, if you're going to give it with a bad heart, you can keep it. That's basically what he says without saying it. And then he gets into chapter 10. And so now we're going to transition again. Uh, and he's going to give like this warning. And so this isn't, this isn't a rebuke. Uh, he's not answering questions anymore. And he has this short little section where he's like, I, I just have a little warning to give you of maybe some things of the past. you know." And then he transitions there to the rest of the book where he gets into some deeper doctrinal stuff. We start talking about uh, communion. We start talking about spiritual gifts. We start talking about uh, you know the resurrection. There's an entire chapter on the resurrection that we're going to go very slowly through to make sure everybody tracks on that. But there's this short section in chapter 10 where he's like, hey, there's just kind of this warning from past history that we need to talk about. And so here's kind of the question that popped into my mind is I, I've been thinking through this. I almost started this two weeks ago. Um, and then I decided I'm like, I can't. There wasn't a good stopping point. I knew that I wouldn't be able to get through 15 verses in a week and then we were going to have a week off. So I kind of postponed it. And it's kind of been rolling around in my head. And um, this this question keeps coming up. And. For whatever reason, I thought this was like a quote that I had heard somewhere, but maybe this is something God just gave me because I actually looked it up this morning thinking, who said this? Because I wanted to give credit to uh, the person who said this, but maybe it was, you know, God who said this and it was just in my brain. But how do we keep yesterday's history from becoming tomorrow's prophecy? It's kind of the question that kept coming into my head. Now, there is the quote that, you know, uh, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today's the present. That's why we call it a gift from God. And it's not just Master, yeah, that's not just Master Shifu and Kung Fu Panda, but, uh, uh, it's actually uh, a quote uh, from a, from an evangelist, but that's not the quote that I mean. How do we keep yesterday's history, the things that we've seen happen in the church, from becoming basically the things that are going to happen tomorrow? And that's that's the thing that's been rolling around my head. And so, uh, like normal, I have you know it's kind of a list, uh, uh, an outline, if you would say, and it's seven ways we can keep that from happening. Seven ways we can keep yesterday's history from becoming tomorrow's prophecy. And we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of uh, actually flipping around in the Bible. I don't usually do that. I usually just read the verses to you and keep moving. But uh, each one of the, he he references a lot of things that happened in the past, and I don't want to just assume. Although most of you guys are Bible scholars, I know, uh, you guys know the Bible, uh, inside and out. I just don't want to assume that everyone knows what all of these 
things that he references uh, are from. And so we're just going to take a quick moment each time and just look and say, this is what he's talking about when he says that. And so that's why it's going to take some time to go through it. And so seven ways we can keep yesterday's history from becoming tomorrow's prophecy. You know, it's, it's similar to... You know, we have to learn from past mistakes. We have to learn from things that have happened in history so they don't happen again, right? Think back to uh, the way World War II ended, right? And, you know, there was basically a nuclear bomb that was dropped. And we decided very quickly, this is not the way that war should be. And ever since then, you know, it's really never even brought up until here recently. Uh, you know, there's always been the thing with North Korea acting like they're going to, you know, uh, have some nuclear power. But uh, everybody's been kind of nervous because we all understand that uh, you know, Russia actually has the power to, to do something really dumb, right, if, if they were to get into a nuclear. And I'm not trying to be political at any – we just understand we've learned from history that that's not the way to fight a war. Uh, and so sometimes even if you're on the wrong side of – of history, you want to make sure that you don't end up there again. And so we've learned things throughout, uh, you know, the history of the world and how not to do things moving forward. Well, the same thing happens in the Bible. The same things have happened in the Old Testament. We understand the entire Old Testament is basically God's uh, letter of how he's getting uh, the king and the kingdom established. And it's basically the story of the nation of Israel. But some of the things that are in there, they're not just in there like to be a good story. They're in there for us to see that it's a picture of something in the New Testament, but understand that we need to learn from some of the things that they've done. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And so seven ways to keep this from happening. In verse uh, chapter 10 and verse 1, um, he says, Moreover, brethren... Now, we'll get into that here in a minute because I don't want to be confused. Let me just read a little bit of this. I would not that you should be ignorant. He doesn't say stupid. He says ignorant. There's a difference between being stupid and being ignorant. Ignorant is just not not having the knowledge yet, you know, uh, and stupid is probably not the right word, but dumb would be, uh, I have the knowledge and I'm just not doing anything with it. Right. But ignorant is, I just don't have the knowledge. He's like, I don't want you to be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea and were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock, capital R that followed them. And that rock again, capital R was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as some of the, as some of them, no, yes, neither be ye idolaters as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them often committed, or some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed uh, of serpents. Neither you murmur, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples that they were written uh, for our admonition unto the ends of the world uh, are come. Wherefore, let him thinketh uh, that he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Uh, there hath no temptation taken you, such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above uh, that you are able. But with, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from our idolatry. Verse 15, I really like the way he says this. He says, I speak as unto wise men, judge ye what I say. He basically says, I said what I said. You know, that's basically, that's what he's trying to say at the end of that whole thing is he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not saying, I'm just, he's like, I said what I said. If you're smart enough to hear it, hear it. And, and that's kind of how he wraps up that section. I really like that. <laughs> so I got seven ways that you can keep 
Yesterday's history from becoming tomorrow's prophecy. And the first one is the first five verses, and I want to spend a little extra time here. Uh, we need to, here, not we need to, uh, don't assume God's provision is the same thing as God's blessing. And I want to camp out here for a minute because sometimes we do this as Christians. Don't assume that God's provision is the same thing as God's blessing. And I'll get to what I mean here in a minute. But I want to look at a couple things here because in verse 1 he says, Moreover, brethren... I would ha- I would not have you uh, should be ignorant that all of our fathers were under the cloud. So the first thing we need to understand here is so the church in Corinth are is is it a Jewish church or is it a Gentile church? It's a Gentile church, correct? You know, there's really uh, th- there may be some Jewish converts, you know, in there, but for the most part, this is a very Gentile church. So when you read this, we would read that, and he's talking about brethren. Well, we understand Paul uh, was a Jew, and he's talking about brethren, and he's talking about how that our fathers passed under the cloud and we're talking about you know the cloud and you know passed through the red sea and so what is he talking so sometimes people get tripped up here they're like wait a minute is he trying to some people will use this as a proof verse that the church has taken over the promises of israel that's not the case he is talking to the gentile church but he's talking about our fathers our history and let me give you an example of this and and why he uses this if you have your bibles you can you don't have to i'll read it to you galatians chapter 3 explains this Because I don't want to just glaze over this. Somebody in here would have caught that and been like, what does that mean? Most of us wouldn't have. Most of us have been like, okay, whatever. He didn't say anything. So I'm not. Somebody would have asked this question, so I want to answer it before you ask it. He says, brethren. Now, if he's talking about brethren and how our fathers, meaning the, the nation of Israel being a history, like, what is he trying to say here? In Galatians chapter 3, find my, uh, verses 26 to 29. He says, for ye are all, now understand the book of Galatians is also written to a Gentile church, okay? Uh, he says, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Now we understand that we get saved, we're all the children of God. For as many of you as have uh, been baptized into the church have put on Christ. There is neither Jew or Greek, meaning Jew or Gentile. Uh, there is neither bond or free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then what? then you are Abraham's seed. Now, that's not saying you've taken over the promises of Israel. It's saying that the, the, the history of the church is the history of the church. Now, we don't inherit the earth, the kingdom of heaven, right? If you don't understand what I'm saying, come to D2 and you can learn those things. But uh, that's not what we're talking about. What he's saying is you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, we don't get the promise of uh, the inheriting the earth and the kingdom of heaven like he's talking about. Uh, but we, what he is talking about is we do have the promises of God. We don't get the physical inheritance, but we do get the spiritual inheritance. Do you understand? You know, there's there's different things. We inherit the kingdom of God, which is what? It is a very spiritual kingdom. The, the kingdom of heaven is very physical. We don't get the physical promise. I don't want this physical promise. I don't want to inherit the earth. I want what God has for me in eternity, not the earth. You know, and that's, that's what the nation of Israel has come in. So anyway, I don't want to get too much into that, but that's what he's talking about. So if you if you were thinking that when he says, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant, uh, he's not talking per se to the Jews. He's talking to the church when he says that. Okay. So if you're like, I wasn't thinking that, it's okay. Well, then just don't think anything that I just said, but somebody was. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, meaning unlearned, not dumb, not stupid, but, uh, don't be ignorant. Make sure you understand these things. How that our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. 
Well, what is he talking about? So when he says uh, under the cloud, what is he talking about? So again, I told you we were going to look at these things. I want you to make sure you understand. Most of you understand what I'm talking about, but I'm going to give you a reference as to what he's talking about. So if you want to keep your finger here, you can. You probably should. Uh, but I'm going to be flipping uh, back and forth to reference these things so you can make sure you understand that he's not just making this stuff up. Exodus chapter uh, 13. Now, we're not going to get super deep into these things. I'm just going to basically show you what we're talking about. Exodus chapter 13, and if you don't, if you just want to listen to me read it, that's fine. I'm not going to be mad, like, oh my gosh, you're not flipping in your Bible. It's, it's whatever. Uh, Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22 says, And the Lord went before them. Now, we understand this is after uh, they, they, uh, he's with the, the, the nation of Israel. And he says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. And led them by the way, and by night in a pillar of fire, and gave them light to go uh, day and night. He took not he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night before the people. He was guiding the people through what? Through the cloud. That's what he was doing. Now it's different than the cloud that we have today. Obviously, we don't have uh, the cloud of, of, of fire by night. But the nation of Israel, he was leading them by this. So when he says that in uh, in First Corinthians chapter 10, he says, Don't be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud. And what else did he say? He passed through the sea. What's he referencing when he says that? Yeah, when he parted the Red Sea, they're they're fleeing the nation of Israel. Or the the the, not, not, the nation of Israel is fleeing Egypt, uh, and so what happens? They get to the Red Sea, and they're like, "Oh, what? We're trapped!" Right? Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 to 22 says, "And the angel of God went before the camp of Israel." And went, uh, and went behind them. And a pillar of the cloud, again, went before their face and stood before them. And it came uh, before the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these things, uh, so that one came not near uh, the other all the night. Verse 21, so the, the, it has led them to this point. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left hand. Right? That's what he's referencing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, when he says, don't forget, don't be ignorant that these things have happened, that God has been protecting you. Right? That's what he's saying. Don't be ignorant that he's been, he, he, how that our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the Red Sea. Verse 2, it says, And we're all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the Red Seas, meaning they became followers of Moses because God worked through him in these miracles as they were trying to get away. They baptized them into Moses in the cloud and the sea. And then in verse 3, it says, And did all eat that same spiritual meat? What's he talking about there? Manna, right? We understand that the, the nation of Israel, they, they don't, they've left home. They don't have a farm anymore. They can't run to, you know, the Walmart and, you know, pick up, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> Man, Walmart, Walmart's been around for a hot minute, but I don't think it was there then. They can't just run down and, and pick up. So, like, they fled. They got nothing to eat. But God's going to, he's going to provide because God is always going to provide. And that's what we're talking about here. Don't. Don't assume God's provision is the same as his blessing. He's going to provide. That spiritual meat. He's, we're talking about manna. Again, Exodus chapter 16. We're just kind of following through their, uh, their, their, their wilderness journeys here. Exodus 16 and verse 4. It says, Then said uh, Moses, Behold, I will... Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread. That's interesting. He's going to rain bread. Uh, he's going to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. 
He's going to rain bread from heaven. One of the coolest things I've always thought about God providing manna was it wasn't just like he snapped his fingers and, you know, they had like a plate of food in front of them. He says, here it is. You still have to go and work for it. You still have to go and gather it. You still have to do something. Are you going to be obedient or not? You know, I'm going to provide. I'm not going to do it for you. That's the same thing that, you know, ministry is like today. He does all the work, but you still have to go through the motions. Why? Because he wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to be a part of the blessing. It's just a picture there that I want to make sure you see. So he's talking about that spiritual meat, Exodus uh, 16, 15. He's talking about the same thing. Uh, it says, And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given to you. They go out and it's like, What is all this stuff on the ground? <laughs> like, I don't know what to call it. We'll call it manna, right? And Moses is like, I, I told you not very long ago, that's the bread that God's given you. And they're like, this isn't the bread that I've eaten before. Well, guess what? It's going to fill your belly. You know, <laughs> eat it. Yeah, there you go. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. That's correct. Like, that's what you do. You got to do something. So he's talking about, uh, don't forget that our fathers, right? They, they were under the cloud. They passed through the Red Sea. They drank that, or they ate that spiritual meat. And then it goes on to say that they drank that spiritual drink. Uh, and they drank of that spiritual rock, capital R, and followed them that that rock was Christ. Interesting. What's he talking about the spiritual rock? You guys probably know this. What's he talking about? The, the rock of Christ. What are you talking about the spiritual drink? I'm sorry. That's what the Yeah, the water. They're like, okay, so you gave us food, but, you know, now I need something to drink. You know, we're never content. We're always like, but I need this now, and I need that now. Uh, now I'm thirsty. Well, what are you going to do? Like, I'm thirsty. I need something. What are you going to give me now? You know, it's always like, what are you going to give me now? What can I have now? What am I going to have? They were really like that in the Old Testament, especially in the wilderness. Like, did you really? Br I mean, yes, that's what we really did. Uh, I brought you out of there so I could prove you. Anyway, that spiritual drink. Exodus uh, chapter 17, the next chapter. I don't know why I didn't keep my finger there. Oh my gosh, come on. Exodus chapter 17, verse 6 says, Behold, I will stand before thee. So God is talking to Moses. He says, Behold, I will stand before thee and upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come out water of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did in the sight of the elders of Israel. So Moses is like, Okay, God, now they're thirsty. What are we going to do? And God's like, Oh, here's what I want you to do. Go over to this rock. Get everybody gathered around. Go over to this rock and smack it with your stick, right? And obviously, I'm paraphrasing. But he's like, just hit it, and it's all the water's going to gush out. And he's like, he's looking at this thing. He's like, I'm really going to look like a fool if I gather everybody around. I'm like, hey, y'all are thirsty. Come here, watch this. And he, you know, hits the rock and nothing comes out. Right? Like, what am I going to do then? But he's he's faithful. He's obedient because God's just going to bless obedience. He always does. He, so that's how he, he's talking about how they got water from that spiritual rock because that rock is Christ. That's where we get our water. It seems like, what do you mean you're going to give me water out of this, this book? Uh, I'm just saying, watch this, right? God's going to give you water out of this book. He's going to uh, bless you. He's going to uh, fulfill you out of this book. And so he's talking about this spiritual drink. Uh, Numbers chapter 20 references that as well. I'll flip over there. I told you we were going to do some flipping today. I don't usually do this, but you need to see. I want to make sure you guys are, are tracking what we're talking about here. Uh, same thing, but this is the next time. You know, this is the next time they're thirsty. And, you know, he's like, hey, I, I remember how I did this before. I just got to hit this thing and water comes out. Well, it's a little bit different this time. Numbers chapter 20 and verse 11. And Moses lifted up his hand with his rod and smote the rock twice. 
And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and the beast also. But wait a minute. Why did he do it twice? Let me see a little extra, you know. A little extra oomph. I don't know why he did it, but I know immediately God's like, what in the world did you do that for? God doesn't need us to add our little oomph to his blessings. Right? And y'all are like, yeah, that's kind of funny. We all do it at times. We all do it at times. And we need to be careful of that. God doesn't need us to do anything. He wants us to be a part of it. So we need to be careful. Like, don't try to add your little whatever. Yeah, a little special sauce, right? A little extra. God doesn't need that. Do it like I told you to do it. Right? That, that's, that's how I need you to do it. There's a picture there, but we're not, we're not getting too much into that. But God doesn't, He doesn't need us to, to add our little extra whatever when we do that. He, he doesn't need us at all. That's why, you know, I, some people are like, you always pray the same things. That's because I really think the same thing. I always pray like, God, just get me out of the way. Because sometimes I've got a lot of things that I would like to say. I really do. There's a lot of things that I would like to say. And I'm like, I, if it's not godly, I don't, and if it's not God's mind, I don't want to say it because I, that's when people, you know, get offended and things like that. If you're offended because of what the Word of God says, uh, sorry, not sorry. You know, the Word of God said it. Um, but if you're offended by something that I said and it was something that I added, well, then there's, there's a problem there. And so again, God doesn't need us to hit it twice. Just do it once, like He said. So we, He, He goes, He's like, don't forget, they were under the cloud, they passed through the sea, they, uh, they had the spiritual meat, they drank the spiritual meat. Verse five. This is where we need to, to camp out. But with many of them, again, it's not always everybody. Sometimes, there's always somebody that gets it right. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. God did all this stuff for them. And they're like, yeah, I remember all that. I remember all this happening. And he's like, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. I have a feeling, and I don't know this, Right? I have a feeling that there's a lot of things that go on in the quote unquote church today that God's not super well pleased with. There's a lot of things that maybe even happen at HBF, I don't know, that God's not super well pleased with. God's not well pleased. He's not impressed. Uh, he's not like, and I'm not talking to anybody in particular, I'm just saying, there's things in my life that, you know, I get through it, and there's times that I'm like, yeah, God probably wasn't super well pleased with that. No, that's not my best work. Because it wasn't God's work, right? God's not well pleased. And, and the point here is, verses 1 to 4, it talks about God's provision for the nation of Israel. Uh, he gave them protection under the cloud and guidance. He gave them a way, right, through the Red Sea. He gave them food to eat, something to drink. And wait a minute, that's almost like what it says in the New Testament. I don't have the reference where it says that he will give you food and somewhere to be. And that's all he promises you. He doesn't say you're going to have a lot of money. He doesn't say that you're going to be happy. He doesn't say all those things that we want. He says, uh, I'll give you something to eat. You won't starve. You might feel like you're starving. Right? Usually about noon. I'm like, if, if we don't eat something really soon, this is going to be bad. Right? Not really starving. I just feel that way. God's, God's providing. One before God's provision. But God's blessing is different than that. And we need to make sure we don't confuse those two. Because the point here was don't assume that God's provision is the same as God's blessing. Because, you know, verse 5 talks about something different. You know, God, God's blessing is different. God's blessing comes when we choose to be obedient. God's provision, it will come even when you're disobedient sometimes. 
You know, God promises to provide for you all the time. His blessing, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, most of you would understand this passage. It says, you know, God's talking to Abraham. It's where, what we call this, the Abrahamic covenant. And basically he calls him out and starts the nation, nation of Israel at this point. In verse, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now, the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy father's house, and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and will make thy name great, and thou shalt be uh, a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It, it's a really awesome promise, right? God promises this to him. But notice what he does immediately after God's promise. He's not like, sweet, I've got God's blessings. He does something with it. The next verse, it says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. God says, go, he went. God's provision in your life is promised. Right? He will provide for you. It might not be the way that you want it. He will provide for you. His blessing is not promised. Uh, That is conditional on you. You want to have God's blessing on your life? Be obedient. God's blessing comes when we choose to be obedient. Too often in life, too often in life, we think that, well, God is, God's providing for me, so I must have His blessing on my life. God's providing for me, so He must be okay with whatever I've got going on. That's contrary to that. Uh, God's provision is different than His blessing, and don't just assume that because He is providing for you, He's okay with whatever you got going on. You're like, well, he hasn't struck me with lightning yet, so he must not be too upset about it. Uh, Wrong thought process, friend. Uh, He is holding back the dam uh, of uh, of judgment. And man, just one little drop of that is going to wipe you out. So don't confuse the fact that, well, I mean, he's providing for me. I'm able to pay the bills, right? I I mean, I've, I've, I've got a family. And it seems like that, you know, I've got God's provision in my life, so I must have his blessing as well. You know, I go to church. I'm not really super involved. One of these days I might be. And, you know, I really want to do better about getting in the Word. And one of these days I will be. And, you know, so I, I must be on the right hand or, you know, the, the right side of God's grace. And you are on the right side of God's grace for now. Right? Not that you're going to, you know, if you're saved, you're not going to lose that. But I'm just saying, like, we sometimes assume that God's provision is the same thing as God's blessing. And it is not. And we got to be careful with that. There are too many people... At HBF even, and I'm not calling anybody out, but we think that like, well, I mean, God hasn't called me out on it, so it must be okay. God's not striking me with lightning, so he must not be that mad about it. Like, is that what you want to invite into your life? Because I don't. Like, we got to be careful with that. We've got to be careful with that. Don't assume that God's provision is the same as his blessing because he's going through and he's like, man, he did all this for these guys. But what does it say? With many, what's the word? It says, with many of them, he was not well pleased. I, I see what you're doing here, but I'm not super happy with it. Like, not, not impressed. Not, not where I was going with this. Don't assume that his provision is the same thing as his blessing. Verse 6, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Right? We can't, we can't get any farther because I don't want to start something that I can't finish. 
Don't assume God's provision is the same thing as God's blessing. We'll stop there. When's the last time I got done early? You all are like, man. <laughs> if I start, it's going to be, you're going to be like, I got to go. Time this. No, no, no. This is not on time. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't confuse God's provision with this blessing. <laughs> From here on, it'll go a little faster. But we, I don't want to, I don't want to start something I can't finish, and I don't want. That's a good place to stop. That was the, that was the, the, the biggest thrust. Now he starts giving some examples of how we just live our way, and we don't want to do that. So that was the first of seven. Uh, we'll see how. You know, I think we can get to the rest of them next week, just because it'll, it'll roll faster. But uh, that's a, that's a good place to stop. That's something to really meditate on because we do. We, we sometimes. I sometimes just assume that like, I mean, things are going pretty well. He, he gives me work. Uh, he, he, he gives us ministry. He, he, he's blessing the ministry with people. Like, I, I feel like that's God's blessing. And sometimes it might be. And sometimes it's just His provision. And I need to make sure that I'm being obedient with His provision and the things that He's called me to do, uh, to receive blessing. Because He told Abraham, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. But Abraham could have been like, Sweet, I'm going to kick back. And, you know, how many times before that did God, you know, say, okay, I tried it this way and it didn't seem to work, so I'll just use somebody else. I'll just, I, I, I'm going to use Adam. No, that didn't work out. I'll use Noah. No, that didn't work out. I'm going to use Abraham. Well, Abraham, he finally actually was obedient in the fact. Now, I understand Noah was obedient, but uh, that seemed to fall away fairly quickly after he got off the boat. But anyway, uh, the point is, like, Abraham was like, okay, this is what you want me to do. I'll go. I'll do it. So much so that he's like, okay, you're going to give me a son? You know, I'm only a hundred. I only waited a hundred years for it. Uh, you want me to kill him? All right, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. Like, obedience. God blesses obedience. You know, he provides for us because we're his children. He blesses your obedience. So kind of think through that. There's a lot there. Um, you know, I, I could have really hit that a lot of different ways, but we'll, we'll keep going from there next week. Good stuff. Uh, been a lot of good stuff this weekend. God's, uh, He's really saying some things, especially to the guys. You know, ladies, you're not off the hook. But um, there, were, there were a lot of things said. I'll just say this because most of the guys were there. Um, there were a lot of things said. I said a lot of things uh, when I taught. And I know Brian did Friday night, and I've heard about the other two uh, sessions that that God was provoking us to act. And so I would just say, uh, ladies... Uh, don't hinder the spirit of what God is doing in your husband's life. Uh, just uh, support that. You know, God works through uh, structure. Uh, guys, don't just make rash decisions. Uh, talk to your wife about these things, communication, all those things. But um, God will use the leader of the household uh, to sometimes change direction a little bit uh, and to get things back in focus. And so support him in that. Uh, and, you know, guys, communicate that. Don't just do something because then they, how are you going to follow something? if? So anyway, it's a completely different thought. But just... Wrapping up this weekend as a whole, uh, support your husband uh, in the fact that you know God, God was really saying some things. So anyway, all right, let's uh, let's pray and we will be done early, Brady. Uh, still early, so let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today, uh, Lord. You're good to us. Uh, your word is perfect, and uh, Lord, we just need to we need to understand it, and because if we understand it, we will live it. So I pray that you would just uh, let these things resonate in our hearts. Um, you're good to us, Lord. Uh, you you really do provide for us even when we don't deserve it. And I pray that we are obedient enough to 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 
deserve your blessing. And so, uh, Lord, you really are blessing uh, us in, in ways that we don't understand. So I pray you just allow these things to really uh, work in our, our lives. Um, Lord, speak to us as Brian preaches to us this morning uh, out of the book of Exodus, uh, coincidentally enough, and that you would just get the honor and the glory. Uh, praise all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.